You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Man, doesn't take much to get me sidetracked on a Monday morning, does it? <laughs> Big Papa Pump is still got it, I hear man. a commercial. I hear Scott Steiner. I was like, whoa, what? That guy's still alive? How old is he? 55? 50, uh, 55. 55. 55 years old, still getting it. Man, that got me a little fired up there. Yeah, we, we were trying to find a picture of him <laughs> to see what he looked like at 55. Uh, and uh, didn't find any um, shirtless shots. <laughs> a lot of shots with clothes on. Yeah. So, unfortunately. I'm impressed, man. Yeah, look, it, it's got to be sad at this point. You should yeah. never be wrestling that. Like I told you, Jake, it's for the love of the game. It's for the money. It's for a the cash love grab. of the game, man. It's got to be for the cash. The man with the world's largest arms and shortest fuse. Wow. <laughs> Pretty cool. Are you going to drive to Arkansas? He's going to be in Arkansas. Oh, well, man, I was, just, I was just doing my business over here, doing a little research, and then all of a sudden I hear that commercial. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, stop me in my tracks. Road trip. Yeah. Flashback right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 888-993-7762. Plenty to discuss over the next two hours. Of course, we want to hear from you on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. Uh, eventful weekend, to say the least. Where would you like to start, Jake? Oh, um, I, I think we had to start with Tech. Okay. So. That was a, a very strange series with Louisiana Tech versus Southern Miss. So much at stake, of course, considering what Southern Miss has done. And, of course, their uh, ninth national ranking and what would the Bulldogs look like against them? And then a series that had so many momentum swings in it, but ultimately Louisiana Tech in a three-game series takes down the ninth-ranked team in the country. Takes two away from Southern Miss. Absolutely huge. Uh, Friday night, it was a crazy game. Uh, they expo- they were down, and they exploded uh, for several runs to win that game. And then you see what happened Saturday, which was, uh, what was it, 16-1? to Yeah. 18-run rule, the mercy rule. Yeah, uh, eight innings, was it? So you see that happen, you're going, uh, okay, can Tech rebound from this? Yeah. And sure enough, they did. I mean, what a, what a series victory for Louisiana Tech. Now you look at that win, that puts them ahead of LSU in the RPI. Mm-hmm. Uh, were they around 48? Uh, they were 48, and uh, when I looked this morning, LSU was coming in at 51. Yeah. So, I mean, that was uh, – you can't overstate how important this series was. And, I mean, getting that series win was absolutely huge. And uh, I want to point out, you know, Hunter Wells getting seven hits over the weekend. He had a great weekend. Taylor Young uh, was actually moved to leadoff and came through with a two-for-four day yesterday. So, I mean, he's been outstanding as a freshman and, and was rewarded uh, with that yesterday. Ben Carlisle from Bleed Tech Blue will join us in the next segment. More news and notes on Louisiana Tech's Big series win against Southern Miss. And, of course, they'll close out the regular season this week versus Old Dominion. News not so good for ULM. They continue to try to fight to get in the Sunbelt Conference postseason tournament. Didn't help their cause this weekend as Troy, a very good Trojan squad, comes in and takes the brooms to ULM. Warhawks uh, struggling offensively. I believe they only scored a total of five runs all weekend. You'll hear some clips from uh, Michael Federico coming up later in the show. Also, the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, will join us at 8.30. Yesterday, it was weird following the LSU game. 
because a lot of the talk going into it, and then, of course, throughout the game, I kept hearing the buzz again about Paul Maneri and how secure he is with his job down there. Really? Is that what's being discussed right now? Do we not learn from last year? I know. It's just and it's weird because you look back at last year and just you think he maybe the rope that he should have have now with LSU. Literally, they were, I mean, one game away from winning a national championship, one pitcher away from winning a national championship. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, okay. So this is crazy. That's crazy to me. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about the series. But it was important for LSU to win this series. I still view this as a missed opportunity because I think Alabama is one of those teams you really needed to sweep, and they unfortunately did not Saturday. Uh, Mikel Hilliard did not have a great outing. But give them credit, Sunday they came back, and Nick Bush, Nick Bush, uh, Paul Maneri said, saved this season. Yeah. He went six strong innings when, you know, I got to say, it, ha- it looked pretty bleak because you see A.J. Labus has shoulder soreness, can't go, and then you know you know Nick Stores is, is also having another setback, and you're just like, man, they, they cannot catch a break. And then Nick Bush, who struggled, and his previous two outings goes out there and threw a really, really good game for LSU. And, and like I said, Paul Maneri said he saved their season. Yeah, here's his quote. Don't I, I don't want to misquote Paul Maneri. What he did today for us saved our season. That's not overstating it. Hmm. And and so that gives them their 14th SEC victory. Now, why is that important? Well, no team has ever won 16 SEC games and not made the tournament. Hmm. So if you're if you're thinking like that, you, you you think well they take two out of three away from Auburn, an Auburn team that just got swept by Ole Miss, then you know you should be in good shape. Now that's not going to be easy by any means, especially if your pitchers can't get healthy. But uh, and you also got to take care of business against Northwestern tomorrow. But yeah, it, it's 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 one of those things where things are kind of piling up against them, but they're still finding ways to win. And you got to give a shout out to Daniel Cabrera who was 7 for 10 in this series. I mean, a freshman. How about the shout-out to Bo Jordan, what he did on Friday night? <laughs> that grand slam? He has graduation earlier today, and then, of course, comes out and has a grand slam as they rally to win that ball game. And you heard the quote. He thought it was a walk-off. So I thought that was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, huge, huge hit from, from Bo Jordan. And, um, yeah, that, that's what a day for him. Grambling had the weekend off as they continue to prepare for the SWAC tournament this week. Yeah, should we go high school and then go to NBA? Sure. So high school uh, wasn't very – you had Claiborne Christian. Shout out to Claiborne Christian. They came through. They won the uh, the Division Five uh, state championship in a great game, a 2-1 to one victory against Grace Christian where Austin Acre was outstanding on the mound. So congrats to Coach O'Lynn, who we'll have later on the show. Um, but other than that, this was not the uh, banner year in baseball that we – we're probably anticipating. I know I was anticipating a, a really strong year going into the season, and uh, just a, just a week ago, I was talking about how you know sending several teams to Sulphur. It seemed like a you know maybe it was a little bit better than the way we talked about it, and uh, some 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 misfortune happened for our teams. Mm. Uh, that literally may have capped off the worst year we've had in high school athletics in a long, <laughs> long. Time. I pose that question to you. And, and I haven't had a chance to break it all down yet, but just 
in the 18 years that I've been here. I don't know. I, I think it'd have to go right up there. I mean, do you ever remember not winning a football championship here? Yeah, that's happened before. Plus a basket. Plus, well, we've well, had some basketball. We had Rayville and Simsboro. We did, and we and softball, Washtaw, and, and yes. others. But we also, you know, back in the day, didn't have the split either. That's true too. <laughs> yeah, how many would you have had back then? Yeah. So yeah. baseball, we had one state champion in twelve classifications with the split. Yeah, that's not good. But you know, if, if you look at the games, uh, we, we we've we've talked about the Sterlington. Upset. I guess a very good Berwick team that actually did win the championship. Mm-hmm. They were red hot. Uh, but the West Washtenaw lost Friday. Man, you talk about ways to lose. That's got to be up there. Uh, that has to go down as one of the worst ways to lose a game. So if you don't, if you don't know what happened, uh, they're clinging to a one-run lead in the top of the seventh inning. Bases two outs. A, two outs. Wild pitch. One run comes across to score to tie it up on the wild pitch. The throw back to home. Gets knocked out of uh, Peyton Parker's glove. The ball rolls by him. So then another run scores on that play. As the play continues to unfold, then Parker chases after the ball, tries to flip it back to home plate. Nobody's covering home plate, so another run comes in to score. So they take a two-run lead. West Washington does answer with one run in the bottom of the seventh, but they ultimately lose 6-5. to five. Three unearned runs there on one on play. One play. Yeah. In the seventh inning, two outs, and we believe there was two strikes. Yeah. One strike away from advancing to the final. I mean, heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, to, a, to a Benton squad who went on to win the championship. Mm-hmm. A very good Benton squad. But, uh, I, I, man, you, you just got to feel for those players. That's Again, it's hard to, to come up with worse ways to lose than that. Mm. Central in uh, 5A now has won back-to-back yeah. state championship. Watch out. They're building something. And there is a little bit of controversy in one of the other championship games involving a pitch count. And uh, Chad Olin, of course, will join us from Claiborne Christian, the state champs. They had a little uh, pitch count controversy in their game also. We look forward to catching up with him at 745. Yes, indeed. Let's switch over to some NBA news. So I was going to flip over and watch a little bit of the Eastern Conference Finals. I was excited about it. And then I flip over, and it's midway through the first quarter, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Already over. <laughs> no reason to watch any more of this. It was 36 to 18 in the first quarter mm-hmm. as the Celtics came out on fire and really did not let up. They led by 26 at the half. Yeah, so I picked the Celtics to win this series. Uh, if you if you want to go back to the last week's show, I told you I'm taking the Celtics. But you know, I, I'm not. If you're looking at this game, if you're watching this game, and you're going, "Well, this series is over." I mean, come on, you know that. The Cavs and LeBron are going to make some adjustments. Those adjustments are likely going to be playing bigger and slowing it down, which is what I think they should do. That said, Boston's just a way better defensive team, and they're exposing the Cavaliers' defense. I mean, we can get de- we don't have enough time right now to get deep into it. We'll get deeper into it as we go into the show. But I'll just say this. I, I think Marcus Morris opened his big mouth said that he was the guy who could stop LeBron, mm-hmm. and he backed it up. <laughs> he backed it up. He, he, he did. He and, and not just him, you know, Celtics were switching on the ball, and so you had several defenders who were guarding LeBron, and he had seven turnovers and only had eight turnovers in the whole series against the Raptors. So, again, that defense, defense wins championships. Boston, Boston's defense uh, has what it takes to 
beat LeBron and the Cavs and go on and play for a championship. Beat LeBron, basically is what you said. <laughs> basically. Uh, I got a quote here from LeBron. I want you to count how, how many times he says we and then how many times he says I. Uh, are we doing this again? I just want you to – we and I. Okay. Right? You going to keep a count for me? Sure. So this is LeBron's quote after the game. I have zero level of concerns at this stage. I didn't go to college, so it's not March Madness. You know you get better throughout the series. You see ways you can get better throughout the series. But I've been down 0-1. I've been down 0-2. I've been down before in the postseason. But for me, there's never no level of concern. No matter how bad I played tonight with seven turnovers, how inefficient I was shooting the ball. That's eight I's slash me's. No we's. How many we's? No (laughs) we's. Uh, uh, we got game one tonight, uh, Rockets and the Warriors. By the way, did you see that clip on Twitter of LeBron? They asked LeBron about Boston's rally because LeBron and the Cavs made a run, and then Boston uh, went on a run right afterwards. He detailed every play. Yeah. Did you see that? That yeah, was, it was awesome. a dumb question by this reporter, and he just basically called it out and went through the entire uh, first four series, four, first four possessions of the game. But they, they've always talked about LeBron has this photographic memory. Eric Spolstra always talked about that, and he just proved it. I mean, <laughs> to give that much detail on play after play after play, I was, I was impressed with that. I was all in watching the, the players uh, yesterday. Uh, you think, well, there's going to be little drama with Webb Simpson, of course, having the big lead. But then, of course, Tiger and others in that field playing uh, terrific early on. But ultimately, uh, Webb Simpson does pull it together to win the Players' Championship. I got a couple of news and notes on that later on. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Diamond Dogs with that big series win versus Southern Miss from Bleed Tech Blue. Ben Carlisle will break it down for us coming up in the next segment. From the state champion Claiborne Christian Crusaders, Chad Lynn will join us at 745. At 830, always look forward to catching up with the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White. And coming up at 845, Coach Stadag gave one heck of a run at it. And the school has got a pretty cool story to tell just in their second year of eligibility in the LHSA. Yeah, Delta Charter's Jarrett Hallfire. We'll also get his thoughts on our, or ask him about his career in the, in the major leagues. And, of course, we got our Astros update coming up here. Of course we do. Yes. Just stay tuned. Uh, that and much more you can weigh in at 888-993-7762. We're off and running on this Monday morning on the Morning Drive. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. 
FFC2. VIP seats are still available, but get them soon. The January event sold out early. Javier Obergon versus Jesse Butler. Josh Lee versus Josh Davila. Romalise Thomason versus Dan Street. And much, much more. FFC2. Sponsored by Rock 106, First National Bank, Rockland Birchland, Sports Talk 97.7, Furniture and Petty Direct, West Williams Construction, and M&D Entertainment. FFC2. Saturday, May 19th at the West Monroe Convention Center. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. So I'm looking at Southern Miss's website. This is the lead-in from yesterday's game. Southern Miss will have to wait another weekend for another opportunity to clinch a second consecutive Conference USA baseball crown. Louisiana Tech jumped out early, and the Golden Eagles never were able to catch up in falling 8-3 to Sunday afternoon at Pete Taylor Park. Music to the ears of Louisiana Tech fans. Absolutely. Push off the victory celebration for Southern Miss for at least another weekend. From Bleed Tech Blue, Ben Carlisle joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Ben, how you doing this morning, bud? Oh, doing pretty good, guys. How y'all doing? Good. Big picture, and before we start breaking down some of these games from this weekend for the Diamond Dogs, big picture, what could this mean for Louisiana Tech? And, of course, just uh, their psyche now going into the final week of the regular season. Well, I think the most obvious thing is that it, it gets Tech back into the at-large discussion. I think when we woke up this morning, uh, Tech was at number 48 in the RPI. And, you know, on top of that, you know, Tech has a lot more confidence. Uh, you know, you flash back a week ago today, you know, you're coming off losing two out of three to Middle Tennessee. And then this morning you wake up and you beat the number nine team in the country two out of three games. And you're 18 and nine overall in conference play. That's more conference wins than Tech had a year ago when they only won 17. So a lot of momentum headed for Tech down the stretch. Uh, certainly a huge weekend series win at Southern Miss, obviously. And then, you know, next weekend, the final home, three home games of the season against Old Dominion. Uh, you can continue to build that resume as, uh, you get ready for postseason play. All right, Ben, let's kind of break, break down the numbers here. You mentioned the fact they're at 48. Heck, LSU at, at 51 this morning. So basically, you need to sweep this weekend uh, against Old Dominion and then uh, make a major run in the conference to, to, to have any kind of chance? Yeah, Tabor and I were talking about that before we went live. And I think, you know, you sweep Old Dominion, I think that's obviously a huge key because Old Dominion's at 278 in the RPI, and if you end up losing a game to a team ranked that low, uh, it's going to obviously put a dent in your RPI. So I think you need a sweep this weekend against Old Dominion. I think if you win two games down in Biloxi, uh, a win against Florida Atlantic, who is the highest-ranked RPI team in Conference USA, I think that would put Tech in a really good position. If you can get somewhere around 39, 40, 41, uh, you almost have to consider yourself, you know, you're right there. And I Personally, I think you don't want to be on that same bubble as LSU. I think LSU will obviously get the nod ahead of Tech. But 
just keep winning, win three this weekend against Old Dominion first, and then uh, worry about the conference tournament when you get down there to Biloxi and just win as many games as you can and let the cards fall where they may. All right, Ben, there are several key points to this uh, series win for Louisiana Tech, and we got to start on Friday, of course, squaring off against the outstanding pitcher from Southern Miss, Nick Sandlin. He came in with, what, a 7-0 record, an ERA of .88. He's cruising along. They're up 4 to nothing, but he runs into a little bit of uh, problems there in the seventh inning. They load the bases, and they pull him, and, of course, was listening to Dave Nitz, and he's talking about the fact he gets a standing ovation, probably his last home appearance there. And you're thinking, well, at least they chased him out of the game. At least they have a chance. But then for them to do what they did in that seventh inning, and, of course, uh, steal uh, Netterville coming up with the big hit, can you put into words how important that inning was for Louisiana Tech, not in the series, but perhaps for this year? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was a season-defining win. Uh, when you beat Sandlin, I think he had allowed seven runs uh, total throughout the season, and Tech ended up scoring four on him in that ball game, And, it was an interesting performance by him. He wasn't crisp by any means, but you know, I think he walked four guys. He hit two guys. Uh, he only allowed two hits, but Southern Miss also made four errors uh, while he was on the mound. And, you know, ultimately it came back to bite him in that seven-run seventh inning. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Steel Netterville hits the three-run double to tie the game at four uh, on the first pitch uh, after Sandlin had been removed. And then the freshman from West Monroe, Taylor Young, it's a big two-run double for Tech to give them that 6-4 lead, and they just never look back. But uh, it, it certainly surprised me to beat Sandlin. He's been so good throughout the year. Uh, you know, he's not the biggest kid in the world, but he gets out there and he competes. And he, he's what makes Southern Miss so good is because it's nearly impossible to beat them on Friday nights. You know, granted, their pitching staff, you know, outside of him is nothing to write home about. But uh, when he's throwing, you know, I think he's got three or four complete games this year on Friday nights, and this was just their second loss on a Friday night all year. So, you know, they really shot themselves in the foot with the five errors, but Tech did, you know, what they were supposed to do. They made them pay, and they ultimately uh, came out with the big 10-6 win. And they did it in front of the, the 16th largest crowd ever at Southern Miss. And then uh, I listened to Lane and uh, Dave after the game, and uh Lane Burroughs said, you know, he, he knows about this program, spent nine years there, said that they would come back and they would be ticked off on Saturday and his team needed to be prepared. And, boy, did Southern Miss come out and bring the lumber on Saturday, winning that one 16-1. Oh, yeah, and you look at, I think, Southern Miss slugged four home runs. The wind was blowing out. It was a good day to hit. Uh, you know, you got the Mississippi State transfer, Luke Reynolds, homered in that, I think it was the bottom of the first, a uh, long drive to left center field, and Matt Walner, All-American center fielder, hits two home runs in the game. Uh, and then the first baseman, Slater, hit another one. So it was just up and down that lineup. It just seemed like nothing went right for Tech, you know, in that 16-1 loss. I know Logan Robbins uh, suffered the first loss of his collegiate career when you combine his junior college and his uh, statistics at Tech. So he's now 24-1 and overall in his career, but... Uh, yeah, it was a tough day, you know, up and down, you know, even in the lineup side of it, outside of Hunter Wells, who had three hits, and then Huddleston uh, hit a solo home run. Tate just couldn't get a whole lot going offensively. So, you know, Burroughs was right. You know, Southern Miss came in, ticked off. I think they knew they played bad on Friday night, and uh, they bounced back in a big way, 15-run rule in Tech in eight innings. Ben, being a former player and you get beat 16-1, to 1, everybody says baseball is a different game, it's a different beast. But when you get beat that bad and then knowing you got to come back the next day, what is that like? 
Well, it's all about how you take it. I think when you're in Tech's years, you know, you weren't expected to go into Hattiesburg and win this series. So when you come out on Sunday, it's kind of like, what the heck, why not? You know, let's go out there and let's beat these guys. And that's what Tech did. Southern Miss was down a starting pitcher this weekend, Stevie Powers. Uh, The normal Saturday guy didn't get the opportunity to start. And uh, so Southern Miss was kind of trying to piece things together on Sunday, and Tech really made them pay. I know one of their best relievers, Cody Carroll, got the start. He couldn't get out of the first inning, and uh, it just seemed like you know everything fell in Tech's direction on Sunday afternoon, and they were able to pull out the win. Uh, Logan Bailey returned to the mound. He gave Tech five innings. Uh, it wasn't his best performance by any means. I know he gave up six hits. I think he walked two or three, uh, but he was able to you know keep Tech in the lead. I think Tech left when he left. Tech was up five three, and then David Leal. Mm. Uh, he bounced back in a big way through four shutout innings uh, while striking out five. And I think, you know, when you look at Tech's two wins, that's really the story of the weekend. Uh, Kyle Griffin throws three innings on Friday night, and then Leal throws four on Sunday in relief. And those are two soft left-handers that, you know, they were just tossing breaking balls into the big left-handed hitters, Reynolds and Walner and Slater, and they really had them all balanced. And uh, that was really the story throughout the weekend when it came to Tech's relief pitching was keeping those three big bats off balance and uh, allowed allow Tech to come away with a big weekend series victory at Southern Miss. And we're all curious how you know David Leal would be used down the stretch, and this was a, certainly a great opportunity for him, and, and long relief gives them another weapon in that pen. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he's pitched so well throughout the year, but – I'd be lying to you if I said, you know, he has big league stuff. When you look at him, yeah, he's 6'5", 250 pounds, but he's 82, 83 with his fastball. He can throw a changeup for a strike, and he can throw a breaking ball for a strike. And a lot of times that can lead you to a lot of success. And you look at Middle Tennessee a week ago, he he threw well through three innings just that second time through the order. Uh, They really caught on to what he was throwing in there. Sometimes that's what you run into in conference play. But he did do a great job this weekend, and, uh, he's certainly going to have a role for Tech down the stretch, especially against teams uh, that are stacked with left-handed hitters like some of this is. And then finally, uh, you mentioned his name a little earlier, uh, Taylor Young, what he has meant to this team. Just as a, a freshman from West Monroe, he has certainly made an impact, and he did in this series against Southern Miss. No, he, he's been phenomenal. I, I would, I think he should be in consideration to be a freshman All-American. When, when you look at the numbers he's put up, I think he's hitting 297. He has a 473 on base percentage. Uh, when you combine his walks and hit by pitches, he's got 43 of those with only 15 strikeouts. Uh, there, there's no telling where Tech would be without him. And uh, yeah, I know Burroughs moved him up to the leadoff role yesterday. I think that's a role you'll see him uh, continue to stay in. He's just got that leadoff mentality. I know he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's such a fiery competitor. He's a guy that it seems like guys gravitate towards, and uh, he plays the game with such passion. He's been phenomenal for Tech throughout the season. Uh, and Netterville, the freshman from Bird High School in Shreveport, he's really taken over that role at DH the past two or three weeks. He's actually hitting in the four hole right now, hitting around 290. With, I think he's got five home runs, 25 RBIs. Uh, he's been really solid as well. So those two freshmen have stepped up into a lineup that's really built around you know older junior college uh, players that have played a lot of baseball throughout their career. So, you know, you look at two freshmen that have really ignited Tech's offense the past couple of weeks, and it's uh, certainly been nice to see. Uh, the crowd-
crowds have been very good this year. One final opportunity, of course, to send these seniors off. Another big crowd expected this weekend versus Old Dominion. And the series gets underway on Thursday with the end of the regular season. Ben, we haven't had a chance to, to visit since the draft. I wanted to get your take on what you thought of uh, Boston Scott getting drafted by the Saints and kind of where you think maybe his role could be with this team as they move forward. Yeah, I think it was a good landing spot for him. I think I kind of thought he would go in that seventh round range, but he ends up going in the sixth. Uh, I think a pretty good fit for him when you look at, you know, New Orleans obviously has Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. I know Ingram suspended the first four games, which will give uh, Boston a perfect opportunity to go in there and, you know, maybe earn some playing time as a rookie before Ingram gets back. But uh, we, we've seen what he can do at Louisiana Tech. He's a good receiver out of the backfield. He can find holes between the tackles. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that gets the rock, you know, 25 or 30 times a game. But as long as he proves that uh, he can help Breeze out uh, from a pass protection standpoint, you know, he's going to be a, have an opportunity to get in some on offense. And then, of course, he's going to have to contribute on special teams, uh, you know, whether it's on kickoff coverage or maybe even kickoff return or punt return. Uh, if he wants to, you know, carve out a nice NFL career, but he's, Certainly had a nice career at Louisiana Tech, and it was uh, nice to see him drafted in the sixth round by the New Orleans Saints. At the rookie minicamp this weekend, Boston wanted to make sure media members knew that that wasn't him. It was blown up by Marcus Davenport in that game against uh, Louisiana Tech and UTSA. Uh, Davenport, you've watched him now uh, progress in his career for the Roadrunners. Uh, I guess you like his potential? Yeah, he has good potential. I mean, you mentioned that play that he had against Tech. I think that shows you. You know, obviously, Dancy for Tech, you know, he's been through a lot in his career, and he probably wasn't what he's going to be from a weight standpoint. But he's a good player. Uh, I think he's obviously got to mature some and learn some things from a technique standpoint. But I like the pick for the Saints. Uh, it'll ultimately be judged by how he performs as a rookie, considering they gave up that 2019 first-round pick. But, you know, high upside uh, certainly can be an elite pass rusher. Ben, we certainly want to get more information on Louisiana Tech Sports. Where can we find you and Bleed Tech Blue? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Bleed Tech Blue, or you can join us at BleedTechBlue.com. Uh, only nine ninety five a month. Uh, we got the latest covered on, of course, Louisiana Tech baseball with only three games remaining in the regular season as they continue to push towards uh, certainly an NCAA regional in a couple of weeks. So five wins. You think five, five wins would get them in? Five gets them in. That's what I'm going to say right now. All right. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate the time, bud. Good stuff. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah. The fact that we're even having this conversation now. And, of course, we look forward to hearing from Elaine Bros tomorrow for his weekly visit at 830. You think he'll want to talk about that? Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Hogan says, good morning, guys. How about Tech and them Hogs? If you win your conference tournament, do you get an automatic bid to the big tournament like in basketball? Yes, you do, Hogan. Got a number of other texts here. We'll get to them after the break. You can join the conversation at 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. We're back after this on the morning drive. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS. 
official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions, powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. We're talking with Matt Livengood, General Manager at Calvert Crossing Golf Club. You know, Matt, people probably have asked you, what's so special about Calvert Crossing? Well, the difference is our daily focus is on grass and it's on people. So what that brings to you is unsurpassed customer service and superior golf course conditions. And May is the final month of our spring membership drive. You can make Calvert Crossing your home club at 75% off initiation and your first month's dues are free. Come enjoy the private club experience without the private club cost. Stop by and we will give you a tour of our first class facilities. Calvert Crossing is located on Hodge Watson Road in Calhoun. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010 and has made Iron Cactus into a -a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. What you got, Jake? Let's talk a little NBA. You know I've been itching to dive into this Celtics-Cavs matchup. Um, And I also want to talk about Dwayne Casey later on. Because we didn't get to talk about that. That happened after our show. But first, last night, or yesterday, I should say, the Celtics beating the Cavaliers. Aaron, are you one of those people that see a game like that? It's game one, and you hit the panic meter, and you're going, okay, we're going to get a Celtics-Warriors finals now. No, because how many times have we seen it in the NBA where you get one of these blowouts? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you Game worried? Game two now will be uh, interesting. And then, of course, you just go back and you look at some of the stats at how bad Cleveland shot the ball and how bad they played. Okay, game. I want to go there because I think a lot of people will look at the statistics and bring that up and say, oh, well, they just shot bad. Well, Boston there's a, may have had something to do with that. There's a reason yeah. they shot bad. It's kind of like some people kind of saying that about the Sixers series. I'm like, there's a reason why the Sixers aren't shooting well against Boston. You look at the Cavaliers, they stopped LeBron from driving. Okay, when he wasn't able to drive, that puts more pressure on the perimeter guys. They're not getting open looks. So Love and Corver are not able to just sit there and have wide open looks. And you think about Boston's defense, that's what they're strong at. They're strong at that perimeter defense. And I've already talked about how Marcus Morris did such a great job against LeBron and that it simply wasn't just him. And because anytime they rotated, I would say besides uh, Terry Rozier, Scary Terry, 
anyone besides him, whenever they were on LeBron, they did a really good job. And then you look at it on the other end, uh, you know, George Hill looked like automatic points for the Cavs. He, his defense was so bad. And, you know, guys like Tatum and, you know, Jalen Brown, which he is an animal. He is an absolute monster. And Horford as well. Those three guys have impressed me more than anybody in this playoffs. Mm. I, don't, I guess I just kind of slept on them a little bit. And, you know, I knew Tatum – like, we knew Tatum and Brown were really good, but I think I was sleeping on Horford a little mm. bit. I think Horford's one of the more underappreciated players in the NBA, and yet you're seeing it again with a brilliant coach like Brad Stevens who can utilize all of his skills and all of his talent. Man, he can be a game, he can be a series changer. And, you know, that's what he's been throughout these playoffs, and I think he's going to be that again here against the Cavaliers. So I look at this series, I, I went in thinking Celtics will take it, not fully confident just because LeBron's been on a tear and we know what he's capable of, and he could uh, once again put the Cavs on his back and somehow find a way to win. <clears throat> but that said, I still I still think the, the Celtics are an overall better team that play way better defense. I think a lot of people forgot about how bad the Cavs are on defense simply because they ran through the Toronto Raptors the way they did and the Raptors really didn't change their scheme you know and I and how much more can you do when you're really I, I think you have to have three really good players in, in the on a team to make a make a push and when you have you know you look at Portland you look at Toronto when you have those two all-star players and you don't really have a third option that could get you 26 points on a random night you're you're going to be in trouble in the playoffs and tell me Cleveland have they just have, I mean, you can say Kevin Love, but uh, and maybe J.R. J.R. Smith is capable of going off like every blue moon. But, yeah, but LeBron is a different story. Okay, LeBron's the best player in the world. Okay, I don't think you can compare DeMar DeRozan to LeBron at this point. Tristan Thompson says they punked us early and often. Yeah. LeBron has his six-game playoff streak, win streak against Boston snapped. Worst game of the postseason for him. Just 15 points on five for 16 shooting, seven turnovers, plus minus of a minus 32 in the ball game for LeBron. Of course, Cleveland got off to a dreadful start in this one, missing their first 14 three-point attempts, finishing just a four of 26 from the outside this from a Cleveland squad that's basically averaging 11 three-pointers per game. Yeah, so I think they go to caveman ball. They slow it down. They try to play play big and force the Celtics to make some adjustments in game two, which I think the Celtics are more adaptable. I think they have more ways to win, which I think Brad Stevens will find a counter to that counter. So I still don't – I still believe the Celtics won the series, and – you know, I, I don't expect them to win it in four or five. LeBron will find a way to win a couple. But, uh, yeah. Let me ask you this. How big of a dip will the ratings take? Boston has the name. Horrible. They have the name, but they don't have the star power no, on the floor. It'll be bad. You think so? Yes. Yeah. I, I tend to agree And I'm saying if it gets down to a game six or seven, for the Cavs and Celtics. Yes. Uh, they may get a couple more calls. <laughs> Cleveland will get a couple more calls. LeBron will get a couple more of yeah, those calls. Probably so. Just saying. Hey, LeBron was called for a travel yesterday. Oh, oh nice. Yeah.
Uh, do you think LeBron has to send a gift basket to uh, Casey for what took place? Of course, him getting fired on Friday. Saying, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think he does because the <laughs> NBA is so crazy. 59 and 23 during the regular season. They were the top seed and now uh, coach of the year. And now yeah, <laughs> looking yeah. for another job. That does look good on his resume, though, doesn't it? Most successful coach in franchise history. <laughs> They've never won 59 games in a regular season before. But as some will point out, his postseason numbers are not great. Yeah. And that's what it all comes it's down like to. It's like when you read these coaches' bios on, you know, websites across sure. the country. And it's yeah. all, our offense was this and that. And, you know, we did this. This was our record. And then, you know, they always leave out, but, you know, was fired following the 2013 season. <laughs> Couldn't beat LeBron. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. It's it's one of those things where LeBron, it, it, they, they can't ever get past LeBron. Yeah. And that's unfortunate for Dwayne Casey, and you see a lot of, you know, the coaches. I just saw read an article where Mike D'Antoni was talking about it and saying, you know, it's laughable, the fact that he, he's such a good coach. How, how could you fire him? Um, but it's just one of those things where the NBA values its superstars more than its coaches. Tony says this series is going to show why Dwayne Casey was fired. Brad Stevens will beat the Cavs with less talent. Yeah, well, I don't disagree. Uh, let's go to the Stuart Shelby hotline. We got Gary on the hotline. What up, Gary? How you doing this morning, bud? Good morning, guys. Good. What's up? Hey, uh, I'm talking about Dwayne Casey getting fired from Toronto, the yeah. coach. I, 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 the guy with coach of the year gets fired. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, they got swept, but, uh, you know, to me, that's more of a player that's thing than the coach. Uh, you know, I don't think the coach plays the game. I think the players play the game. Yeah. They just came up short. They're not as, you know, they just freeze against uh, Cleveland every time they play them. Yeah. I don't think that's the coach's fault. So I that's just the case, of, uh, the case of the ownership just kind of pushing the, the panic button? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, what has Toronto ever won before he got there? I mean, you got to understand, they've had the most success since he's been there. Now you're going to fire the most successful head coach. Like you're going to get a better coach? Well, who's out there? That guy from Atlanta? What did he win? So you're telling me you're going to replace a, a one coach with a coach that's probably worse, and tell me that's a success? I don't. I don't agree with it. I would have kept Dwayne Casey. Yeah. But that's just me. Cool. I, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah. And and how many Brad Stevens are there out there? You know, I I don't think if you're Toronto, I don't think you can sit there and look at what the Celtics are doing with as Tony said, less talent, and go, well, why can't we do that? Because Brad Stevens is I, – I go back to what I said last week. Can't name seven to eight NBA coaches. <laughs> and that's why. That I mean, that's why that these things happen, because yeah. they are, in the front office's mind, expendable. Yeah. Unless you're one of the top, top echelon coaches. But, yeah, that's, that's one of those things where – um, you know, you're going to be the, the the one that takes the brunt of the blame, and you're going to be the one out the door, even if you do win 59 games, 59 regular season games out the door. But is it a case during the regular season where you literally just roll the ball out there and say, Well, hey. and that's that's a, another argument that people make. You know, a lot of it's because of such a long season and because you have the LeBron switch where he just turns it on in the playoffs, a lot of people don't view the regular season. A lot of people don't take the regular season as seriously, probably less serious than most uh, major sports, wouldn't you say? Uh, probably the least serious. 
But that said, it's still quite an accomplishment to win 59 games. You asked me last week, am I fired up for the uh, Rockets and the Warriors? And I kind of downplayed. I am excited. And, of course, that series gets underway tonight. Yes, uh, it does get underway. And I think – are you are you excited for the yeah. series? I'm kind of not. Like, I, I, I don't know if I was just, like, peaking a couple weeks ago. Like, I wanted it a couple weeks ago. And now I'm just kind of like, okay – I, I feel like the Warriors have turned it on, and I don't really see the Rockets taking this series. I think there are some people still out there who, who believe the Rockets can win this. But, you know, a couple of weeks ago I'd have been like, yeah, I, I think the Rockets have a chance. But after seeing what they did against the Pelicans and seeing how the – you know, you can laugh if you want, but the Pelicans were a good team, and they were gelling at the right time. And to see the way the Warriors absolutely went off against them – it just has me believing that no team's going to stop them. Tony, as these people are goofy, Bill Belichick says players win games, coaches lose them. I totally agree. By the way, over the weekend, yesterday I watched uh, the Jimmy Johnson thing on NFL Films, very well done just on his career. And they had a couple shots there of uh, Belichick and Jimmy Johnson just hanging out on Jimmy's boat, three rings. I think I could probably watch an hour or two of just that. If they would just leave those two mic'd up, just fishing and just hanging out, drinking a couple adult beverages, I found it fascinating to hear the dialogue between those mm. two. Yeah, I bet. If 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 you get Belichick in an environment where he's actually being himself yeah. and not giving those media answers, yeah, I would yeah. love to see Check his out. insight. Let's take a time out. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little high school baseball as we do have one state champion from this area, that being Claiborne Christian. Their head coach will join us next. Got a little heated late in that game. Some finger pointing going on between the coaches and even one starting pitcher. He did say Grace Christian likes to talk. What was that all about? We'll get the answer after the break. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklings. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Speedy Oil Change and Tune-Up is committed to helping you preserve the life of your engine with the highest quality maintenance service for your vehicle. Chevron Haviland is now their featured oil. Speedy offers tune-ups, brakes, radiator service, headlamp restoration, and 17-point oil change. They're your Bridgestone Firestone dealer and provide nitrogen tire filling. Speedy Oil Change and Tune-Up providing Chevron Haviland is their featured Oil, Speedy Oil Change, 315 North Service Road, Ruston. Speedy Oil Change. 
Kids, get out and get moving. The Lincoln Parish Park, along with Piney Hills Triathlon Club, will host the annual Piney Hills Triathlon, June 2nd at Lincoln Parish Park in Weston. It begins at 7.30 a.m. and is a USAT-sanctioned event. The race benefits the Piney Hills Triathlon Club and Med Camps of Louisiana. Entry fee is $35 for kids ages 7 to 10 and 11 to 16. You need to register by May 23rd to get a personalized nameplate. Race information can be found on Facebook at Piney Hills Kids Triathlon. another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive this hour is sponsored by ronnie ward toyota of ruston hey jake how about this story from this weekend in college baseball uh maryland slugger will watson and if that name sounds familiar you may remember we played at uh, neville then went on to lsu Eunice. he's now playing for maryland in the third inning versus rutgers he hit a uh, home run and then comes up later in the inning and he jacks out a grand slam. It's insane. How we just discussed how crazy it is to see someone hit two home runs in the same inning yeah. and try to rack our brains for another another instant where that happened. Yeah, good for him. There uh, you have it. He ended up with a school record eight RBIs in this game in a single game. That would be a record for Maryland. How about Will Watson, the former Neville Slugger? That's a, sometimes you just lose track of kids and where they end up. I didn't even realize he was over there. So many kids, man. Yeah, pretty impressive. A number of kids, of course, uh, playing in the state championships this weekend, but unfortunately we only have one squad from northeast Louisiana celebrating a state championship, and that being Claiborne Christian, uh, the Crusaders' head coach. Chad O'Lynn joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? Man, I'm great, guys. How are you all doing? Well, first of all, how does that sound? Uh, Claren Christian, once again, a state champion for the fifth time in the school's history. Oh, man, it feels great. It's, uh, this one is, is definitely special because nobody expected us. And I do mean nobody. Even the kids' parents, I don't think, expected uh, to win a championship. But, uh, gosh, those kids fought. And, uh, you know, it was a tough game. And, uh, but, but they tough. There's some tough kids. They've uh, uh, persevered and, and and got that last out. So it was. It's awesome feeling. So you're saying the second, third week of the season, you're looking at that team and saying, "Yeah, this is a championship squad we got right here." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I obviously didn't tell them that, but uh, the, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth week of the season. Uh, but, but last three weeks of the season, I mean, we we really went to work. Uh, we're able to do a lot. You know, whenever you're playing in the season, it's hard to to really get to practice a lot because there's so many games that we play, and uh, pitchers don't you know get the 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 in in between game stuff that they really need, and hitters. Uh, it, it's just tough during a regular season to get the attention that uh, that a team needs for as far as practice goes. But uh, these last three weeks, I mean, we really got on it. And, uh, you know, I, I believe it definitely paid off for us. Coach, we had some fun with you last week uh, going into your semifinal game, and we talked a little strategy with you, and you told us we didn't, we're not, we're not down here to be in the semis. We're down here to win it. And you talked about saving your race for the championship game. And that, of course, generated a few texts and raised a few eyebrows. But ultimately – pretty wise game plan that you came up with 
Well, I got lucky. Uh, you know, I guess we got lucky and, and didn't have to use our number one Austin Acre the first game uh, in the semi. Now, he did actually come in and pitch the uh, last inning just to get him some work in. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it worked It worked out for once. Uh, a tense, very tight ball game. I mean, you're tied going into the seventh inning. What's it like when you know a state championship's on uh, up for grabs and you're in a, a hi, hi, highly contested ball game there? Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, nerve-wracking and, and, you know, every pitch counts throughout the game but ooh, when you get to that point it really intensifies and uh and every pitch uh you know uh definitely counts and you know I, i'll say i mean that, that that last inning our kids uh rose up and you know there's a little controversy and uh i think it got to their kids and 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 our kids uh responded well well, you mentioned every pitch counts, and you're keeping track how many pitches their starting pitcher has. Uh, walk us through what the controversy centered around. All righty. Here we go for the hundredth time. <laughs> um, so what happened was all right, we're tracking pitches. They track their pitches, and then there's an LHSA official in the press box. And... You know, we're going every two innings to the, L- to the LHSAA guy to make sure he's got the same thing we have. So we go after the second, we go after the fourth, and after the sixth. Well, my assistant coach, uh, Brian Scholes, comes up to me. And when it's after the sixth inning, uh, he tells me they've got a different number than what we have. It was a little bit lower than what we had. And so I went over to their dugout to ask what they had. And they had something different also. So we had three three different numbers there. And so uh, the rules say that the LHSA official overrules everything and so uh, overrides everything. And so, uh, you know, we have to go with, with what they say. Well, uh, of course, Grace Christian is, is, you know, they're not taking that very well, which, yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame them. But in the course of all of that, their, their head coach insinuated twice that, that we were cheating. And, uh, uh, I, I left it alone both times. I just looked at him and shook my head. And, uh, but then we're in the top of the seventh and, I think it's the third batter of the inning because we had a little rally going and he just walks out to the box and and tells me something again and then calls me a cheater and you know i probably should have kept my cool looking back at it now but you know i had let it pass twice already and uh i just didn't let it pass that time and so things got a little heated for a little while um and to be honest with you, his kids cracked at that point. Uh, his kids started throwing balls on the mound. Uh, our kids rose to to the occasion. I mean, they were uh, they were really plugged in, zoned in at that point. So uh, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, you know, once again, I've always said I don't really care for this pitch count bill. Uh, well, there's a, there's a great example of you know. Um, I don't know what happened to the guy if he took a little nap for a second or two, but, uh, you know, 
the, I don't blame him for being upset. I really don't. Yeah, but coach, you can't call your in question your integrity and of course the, your character. I mean, calling you a cheater, you got to respond. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, but uh, uh, I probably didn't have to respond the way I did. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I definitely got a little heated. Uh, and again, after the third time of him, you know, doing this, although this time he just straight out and out called me a cheater. Um, so anyway, that's well, it. Let's not it's, let it's that over. overshadow overshadow then what took place. The fact that you guys were able to push across the game winning run there in the seventh and, and celebrate the championship by closing it out in the bottom of the seventh. And that's what that's what is is really killing me is that it seems like that is overshadowing the part that our kids played hard. Oh my gracious, they just they hung in there, uh, were tough and gritty and. Uh, you know, because it's hot and the steam off the off the turf, and uh, you know it's the hottest day since we've been playing this year because we haven't really had a, uh, a warm season, a hot season, and so uh, yeah, you know that that's kind of overtaking everything, which I hate because I want everything to be on the kids and how hard they played. Coach, uh, congratulations for you guys winning the state championship, but uh, ultimately you guys were the only ones that brought home a title. Should we be concerned in Northeast Louisiana, or is this just a, a down year or a bad circumstances for only one state champion from this area? No, nah, there's nothing. To, yeah, I mean, we got some great baseball up here. Uh, you know, I mean, when you, come, when you go to one game, I mean, we had obviously several teams in the semifinals from up here, and not always does a better team win. Um, and so, you know, mm-hmm. that's each one of those teams, I mean, they just uh, either had a bad inning, which I think most of them did, which is what happens a lot of times is, is one bad inning where the, it just starts and you, you kind of have to try to stop it from continuing, but it's hard at times, and, um, you know, especially uh, West Washington. I mean, the way they lost, I just feel for Mitch on that. Coach, congratulations on the championship. Uh, we'll see you later today, bud. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Chad Olin, Claiborne Christian's head coach. That's good stuff. <laughs> he spelled it all out, didn't yeah. he? That uh, He's right, though. You, you do have to hate that, the fact that that's what we're discussing today. And, and rightfully so. I mean, we had to discuss it, but uh, kind of takes a little bit of the, the attention off of your kids. But when the LHSA, I mean, that is the official book, right? I mean, that is, yeah, that's, that's what they're there for. Him. I mean, you can't go by the, the two dugouts. Yeah. And he knew. I mean, he said it. And if they kept going back and forth after every other inning just to double-check to make sure that they were at the same amount. I mean, and there's some bad blood there. I mean, yeah. he said it Friday. He was into, He said they talk a lot. He said we're, we're expecting uh, to hear a lot today. And sure enough, he did. So now the uh, athletic season is wrapped up in the LHSA. Oh, boy. Don't remind me. The so, dog days of summer are here. Uh, we will have Eddie Bonine on here in the next couple <laughs> weeks. Yeah. <laughs> of course we will. You're still doubting that, aren't you? I have all the faith that you can get him, Eric. I will. I will work on that later today. Okay. 888-993-7762, the 7 o'clock hour in the books. You can weigh in. Continue to give us your feedback on the most memorable things from this past week. Hey, tell us what you think about Dwayne Casey. That's got some people fired up. We'll get to a number of texts coming up after the break. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. 
To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.